The process of designing a SaaS website usually goes like this. Number one, collect random inspiration from other SaaS websites for a mood board. Number two, ask product engineering, customer service and sales teams what they need. And then three, design the website by committee. And this lack of cohesion causes the website to become a jumbled mess, visually identical to thousands of other SaaS sites. Think pastel colors, vectors, etc. But without a customer journey strategy, content strategy, or an appreciation for the needs of people at different stages of the funnel, the website won't perform as expected. The company will pump more cash into driving paid traffic for demos, signups, and free trials. And after a couple of years of below par results, it'll be time for a redesign. Now we've worked with dozens of SaaS businesses, and so we've noticed some common mistakes in the way that they design their websites. In response, we created the Authority Architecture, which is a practical sitemap for high converting SaaS websites. This visual framework, which you can see on the accompanying blog post, links in the show notes as always, is designed to show SaaS companies how to structure their site, but also help marketers see where content and resources should be placed strategically. At Powered by Search, we think in terms of attention, connection, and conversion. So in this episode, we'll go through each section of the authority architecture framework with screenshots, which you can see in the accompanying blog post, and focus on how to build a connection by designing a SaaS website to speak to prospects in a way that will make a lasting first impression. I'm Mark Thomas. I'm the head of growth at Powered by Search. And today I'm gonna talk you through some of the best knowledge that we have on building B2B SaaS businesses. Now, if any of this is interesting to you and you want to read more, you should go to our website. It's poweredbysearch.com and check us out there. We all know the basics of a SaaS marketing site homepage, a compelling headline, an eye-catching product hero shot or explainer video clip, an obvious demo or free trial call to action, that's the CTA, along with a clean user interface. Now focusing on providing a simple user experience is important. And most SaaS companies also know about the impact of social proof elements, such as testimonials and customer logos. These are standard best practices and key design elements that build trust and convert visitors. However, we do see some common mistakes in SaaS website homepage design. Let's start with the lead magnet CTA. Now, for many SaaS companies, creating a homepage lead magnet CTA is an afterthought. They miss the opportunity to educate people or provide added value to prospects who are in the middle of the funnel. If your SaaS product is relatively low annual contract value, say around $1,200, you could showcase a free usable template or toolkit in your lead magnet call to action. This is a functional and valuable offer. It's not quite the software, but it gives people a preview of the benefits of the product that they'll experience once they've signed up for a free trial or demo. For higher ACV SaaS products, say $50,000 or more, the buying decision is more complex. In this context, the lead magnet CTA should provide detailed pre-purchase education. This could be a state of the industry report, a playbook for integrations, or a comparison between enterprise level solutions. Value props, pros without cons. 
So we got this idea from conversion rate experts who talk about writing value propositions to talk about a benefit and the pain point the benefit alleviates, but worded in a way in which both are positive. For example, a chatbot or support automation software might say something like, resolve complaints in minutes without having to hire customer service teams. The resolve complaints in minutes is the benefit, and the without having to hire a customer service team is the pain point that it resolves. This is a concise alternative to focusing on the pain point negatively. For example, it's an expensive hassle to hire and train a customer service team, but, and then the benefit. Now, product marketers for SaaS often want to bury the bad stuff because it can shine a light on whether the solution actually prevents that particular pain point in such solid terms. But by doing this, you miss an opportunity to tap into real experiences, essential for creating better connection with website visitors. Pillar blog posts. A lot of SaaS companies make the mistake of simply feeding their most recent blog posts into the homepage. So if you're going to show blog posts, we believe that it's better to dig into analytics to find the blog articles that give the best return in terms of engagement, signups, or lead magnet downloads, and show those on the homepage instead. Alternatively, you can feed in your best three blog posts that target each stage of the funnel, top, middle, and bottom. Each one of these will provide a unique journey for the prospect. For example, a top of funnel blog post could feature a story of customer solving problems that you know many of your customers have, which can help prospects that need to become problem aware. A bottom of funnel blog post could be one that discusses your pricing or compares your product to a competitor. How it works. If a prospect visits the how it works page, they're interested in the logistics of the solution. But too many SaaS companies talk about these details on a vague, high level, and they hide the most compelling details of how their software works for the demo. This is usually because they don't want competitors to understand the innermost workings of the product. But by putting this information behind the demo sign-up gate, plus requiring the prospect to turn up and watch it, they don't give people what they need to make an informed decision. We believe the most important elements of how it works are the feature and benefit pages and the use case pages. So let's dig into how the best SaaS companies can get these elements right, starting with features and benefits pages. Let's assume we're talking about a web-based accounting software. In this case, the feature and benefit pages should be structured as follows. Feature, send invoices effortlessly. Pain point question, are you wasting time by sending invoices manually? Benefit, get paid faster without having to chase clients every week. Proof, a customer story and a testimonial. For example, a freelancer who is creating invoices manually and emailing them without response, they'd need to chase them up, which would distract them from the work that they actually love doing. Here's why we recommend this structure. Firstly, pain point one, it's a feature. And number two, pain point question, Pair the feature with the pain point that it solves. This lets you talk about a feature in the context of its benefit and will resonate with the prospect who has a pain point. The benefit hits the pro without con line, doubling down on the pain point. And finally, we give credibility and backup to show how the product has been practically applied with great results. Now a note here. A lot of SaaS clients come to us and say they don't have a customer testimonial that fits. Now, if that's the case for you, write one and find an existing customer that matches. 
actually go to them and ask if they're willing to write a similar testimonial or stand behind this one, tweaking it to however it applies to them. Don't wait for it. Look at your customers and find a quote that matches the story you want to tell. Honesty in the testimonial is paramount. Let's move on to use cases. Let's say you have a membership management software. Users are typically teachers, local associations, little leagues, and community groups, and they often start in Excel, but as their membership database grows, the document keeps crashing. This is a real and acute pain point. Now, in this scenario, one use case would tell the story of how you would solve the pain for real customers by giving a reliable, smooth, and fast way to manage members. It would talk about how Excel would crash at inopportune times and show how this messed up operations. Sass to the rescue. <laughs> now, use case pages expand on the information in feature and benefits pages, which usually don't have space for such a detailed story because they're just boxes, image, headlines, and paragraphs. Now, at the same time, use cases pages also tap into the who it's for section of the website, which is something we discuss in the next part of this episode. We firmly believe that SaaS companies should be explicit about who their software is actually for on their marketing site. By this, we mean the specific roles, job titles, or personas, as specific as possible, remember, not just general verticals or solutions pages. For example, solutions, healthcare, legal. Now, while vertical or solutions pages are fine, in our opinion, they aren't adequate because any single SaaS product is truly different things to different people. Everybody has their own job to care about, and implementing new technology will impact different team members in nuanced ways. And just because we work in healthcare, I'm doing air quotes there, doesn't mean that we'll be interested in feature A or B. While listing job titles is a good start, you can take this concept to a new level by thinking about following Clayton Christensen's jobs to be done concept. This will help you position the features, benefits, and real testimonials or use cases within each avatar to match the unique viewpoint of that particular prospect. Let's say we're talking about a customer service software. If we use the structure in our authority architecture, the manager will want to see its capabilities in reporting. How does the product track tickets and how does it report outcomes to management? However, the daily user, a customer service agent perhaps, only wants it to be easy and frictionless. The check signer might be the CFO, and they'll want to know how the new software will generate a return on investment within a reasonable time frame. Within these avatars, you should emphasize certain aspects of the SaaS product to match what each person cares about when they make a purchasing decision. Let's talk briefly about how who it's for is different from features and use cases. These pages are different because they are explicitly geared towards a particular individual persona. There's no subtlety, just obvious examples of how the software positively impacts their job. This is the key thing to remember. We often use the same stories, features, and use cases as other pages, but the information is angled more precisely to an individual. In our opinion, most SaaS websites are too paranoid about repeating the same content in various areas. We believe that you should double down on the most compelling stories and apply them in ways that make sense for each area of the site. 
If you look at what we include in the feature and benefits pages on the diagram, the use cases and the who it's for section of a website, you're going to see a lot of overlap. This is intentional. It's not about using one message once. Instead, you should be shaping your value proposition in different ways with a different emphasis for different pages. It's website personalization without the tech involved. The remarketing benefits of who it's for should be considered also because you can use a Facebook pixel to target specific audiences after they've been on the site. When they hit one of the avatar pages or spend a certain amount of time on the page, you can retarget them with relevant pain point focus content in their feed. This can also be applied to the use cases. For example, that the user is particularly interested in a certain application of the SaaS product to solve a specific problem. Let's talk about pricing pages next. All SaaS websites should feature information about pricing, whether it's explicit in dollars or not. For higher level enterprise SaaS products, it's often not even possible to give numbers due to the complexity of custom integrations. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't have a pricing page. The workaround might be something to pre-qualify prospects, like we don't have a standardized pricing option, but we might be a good fit for you if you have a growth team of 10 or more people and you've already invested in expensive solution X or Y. This sends an implicit message that your SaaS product is geared towards bigger teams and hefty budgets. But for lower ACV SaaS companies, we'd always recommend the standard three-tier pricing structure. And without exception, in our opinion, every SaaS pricing table should include a non-priced enterprise or similar field. This can simply lead to a contact form to get in touch with your sales team. Now, someone who fills this out is signaling that they want to fly business class and that they couldn't possibly take their boss an invoice for $99. By not having this option, you might be missing out on revenue, or you might even dissuade the highest tier potential customers from signing up. Finally, if possible, you should show how your pricing compares to competitors. Basecamp does this really well. There's a screenshot on the blog post. Why us and origin story? This is where you pitch your brand as something more than just a software product. A lot of SaaS companies get blinded by the black and white of wanting conversions, and they get obsessed with selling the product's value proposition. So they don't invest a lot of time or energy in these softer parts of the website. But many buyers are looking for more. They want to understand the culture behind the organization, the commitment to social responsibility, and the bigger long-term mission. Remember, the customer is entering into a subscription model, so they'll be interacting with your brand on an hourly, daily, or weekly basis. They'll need to know what you stand for, because you're becoming a colleague. Next up is the blog. Many SaaS websites waste prime real estate with a vague newsletter sign-up form at the top of the blog feed. But typically, the conversion rate for these forms is minuscule. It's less than 0.5% in our experience. We've seen better results when a SaaS company offers a relevant downloadable lead magnet here instead. A toolkit, a template, a guide. That converts at typically 1% to 5%. A standard best practice, each individual blog post should have a CTA in the body copy and internal linking could be automatically boosted by feeding in related content. As a rule, you should always find ways to link back to product pages and competitor comparison pages within your blog posts. This improves SEO and guides users through to features, benefits, and use cases.
Next, let's talk about a collection of additional pages that most SaaS marketing sites have. So integrations, resources, support, and contact pages. Most SaaS companies clutter their main navigation, but we believe that resources and support pages should be part of the second tier structure on SaaS websites. Users who navigate here from the homepage are typically customers, not prospects. And the prospects that do go here typically aren't ready to convert. They're usually at the top or middle of funnel and not ready to ask for a demo or start a trial. The exception to this might be integrations, depending on the software's reliance on integrations and their importance for the value proposition. For example, EverHour is a time tracking software that needs to be plugged into a project management tool. So integrations are a key selling point. Another key tip for the integrations page is that you should target the technology's keywords with your content, even if your solution doesn't yet integrate with a particular tool. If it's on the roadmap, get it on the site with a coming soon or do you need this integration, let us know message. The danger of not doing this is that a tool like Zapier will get a handle on those keywords. You'll miss out on traffic and as a result, you'll lose the opportunity to easily remarket to people on your landing pages. Now we've seen a lot of SaaS companies produce new resources without considering where the gaps are in their funnel. In the resources section of the authority architecture, we have 11 different content types split between awareness stages, problem unaware, problem aware, and solution aware. The role of the resources in this section is to move people from problem unaware to solution aware. Marketers think if a webinar went okay last year, why not just do another one? But this is haphazard and not strategic enough. Instead, we use a methodical approach for planning SaaS marketing resources, using a traffic light system to figure out what works and what doesn't. If you've never done webinars, that's a red. If you've done webinars and they went okay, that's a yellow. And if you've nailed webinars and they successfully generate leads on a consistent basis, that's a green. And we do this for every resource. And by the end of the exercise, it's clear which areas need improvement. Next, we work backwards through the list to improve resources from the bottom of the funnel to the top. In other words, we start with a double down on greens, resources that have been proven to work, and optimize them or find ways to get more demo requests or signups from them before moving to yellows and reds. This is contrarian to most growth hacking law, which focuses on how to get traffic rather than converting the traffic a company already gets. Also, don't miss an opportunity with the 404 error page. You could use this to redirect people to an avatar page, or maybe you can identify their pain points and motivations in another way. The footer is also a useful place to host content about competitors and alternatives. Whether you like it or not, your prospects will be surfing around and comparing solutions. These pages should be designed to rank organically for key terms to make sure that you have your say in the conversation. Let's pull this all together. The authority architecture isn't just to help a SaaS company build a decent website from scratch, although it certainly helps. In fact, it's better to see this framework as a living and breathing guide to how content should be structured on your SaaS website on an ongoing basis. As a rule of thumb, you should try to outline conversion paths within the site to make it easy for you to identify who is using each page and what they want. These clean lines of content allow for better remarketing, better multipath customer journeys, 
and easier analysis of conversion flows. I'll see you next time. Now, if you enjoyed that today and you want to do something about your B2B SaaS marketing, you should get in touch with us. You can do that by going to poweredbysearch.com and checking out our assessment page, or you can browse the case studies and blogs that we have on the site. Now, if you're not ready to do that, definitely say hi anyway. You can ping me on Twitter. I'm at I am Mark Thomas, that's Mark with a C. Or you can ping our founder and CEO, Dev Basu, and connect with us there. Looking forward to seeing you again for another episode.